Welcome to the After the Fact Podcast with your hosts, Luke Matthews and Mike DiPetrillo. Did you put the saran wrap over your computer before Windows 7 took a dump on your <laughs> Nope, nope. This, okay. was a, this was a straight up hot car. This was not a warm. Christina Peck. Oh my god, oh this is terrible. Oh, put it back on the shelf. And Patrick Manning. <laughs> Gaming logic applied to real world situations <laughs> doesn't really work. <laughs> Like to start the podcast? Yeah! Woo! Mikeatron's in singing mode today, so. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to episode seven of After the Fact Podcast. I'm Luke. I'm here with uh, everybody else. Whatever. You guys know who is here. It's Patrick. Hi. Mikeatron. Oh! Chris- <laughs> Christina. Hi. <laughs> um, I had to. Just just go ahead and sing the rest of the podcast. I think you should. This show is about UN Squadron, Micatron's all-time favorite shooter. Yes! Uh, love it! Greatest SNES game, in his opinion, right? I wouldn't much. say it's the greatest SNES game. <laughs> Pretty awesome. Pretty awesome shooter. Pretty awesome. My favorite shooter. Um, so... Uh, no real there haven't been a whole hell of a lot of new developments for me in the last week because it's only been a week uh, except for the fact that I bought Pokemon Heart Gold and Soul Silver sell out and yeah whatever sell out are you kidding me God why would you play that game you bought it just for the Pokewalker I bought it for the Pokewalker the Pokewalker makes it worth playing it's, it's so fun it's so retarded but it's absolutely it, it makes it fun it also makes it more social and you can put I can it in your pants and I can put it in my pants I can have Pokemon in my pants I was playing Poke- poker I was playing poker last night and I went went down to use the facilities as it were and took my poker walker with me and I caught a Kangaskhan in the bathroom <laughs> and that's not a euphemism <laughs> so it wasn't like, deposited anywhere it was appeared on your poker walker <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, it's fun it's I mean you can't deny poke- Pokemon games They're, they've been fun since the Game Boy Color and they continue to be fun it's the same yeah, in game say. that they released, you know, ten years they ago. They call it. Why is it fun? It doesn't a, make because you're collecting shit, and that's what like it preys upon our tendency to want to collect shit. Okay. Yes, and in this case, it's cute little monsters so that an, say their name over and over. So it's an OCD treatment, basically, kind of. or it's, enabler. It's the same thing. For example, in Diablo. Diablo, you just want to do something over and over again because you're going to get the items. Yeah, but you're killing shit. There's, like, combat and whatnot. Like, There's combat in Pokemon, uh, yeah, too. Yeah. There is combat in Pokemon. There's, like, partying and whatnot. It's a good RPG. Well, and that's the thing is, like, a lot of people that I know who are into the more hard, quote-unquote, hardcore RPGs are, are like, well, it's so simplistic, and there's no... And well, yeah, of course it's simplistic because it's not focusing on the combat. Like, the combat and the storyline are honestly not the focus of this game. Your, the, your focus is at the beginning of the game, they're like, go out and do stuff. By the way, there's... A bunch of gym badges that you can collect and X number of Pokemon within this game and go go get it all. It's a collectathon. You know, it's it's like any platformer where you're collecting uh, coins or precursor orbs or jewels or whatever the fuck, right? Mm-hmm. And until recently score. The story stinks, honestly. It's so bad. The story is not existent. Oh, isn't it always been really bad? It yeah, has always been really, it's bad. really bad. Well, that's the thing, right? Like, it's still fun now because it was fun 10 years ago because it is the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's See, fine. I'm if fine. it ain't broke, don't I've, fix it. Everything I've ever seen Pokemon related. Add a Pokewalker to it. Add a Pokewalker to it. Like, put it in your pants. Every Pokemon related thing I've ever seen is so humongously cheeseball, I just can't get into it because it's just embarrassing. Again, it's I just reassert, like, uh, people don't like 
good things. I know. I can't ignore how, like... Oddly enough, the game is so much more low-key than, like, the cartoons and, uh, like, the movies and everything. It's like... I mean, the I remember when the first Pokemon movie came out, and I, I, I didn't watch... I didn't watch the whole thing all the way through. I watched probably the last 15 minutes and the part where, like, fucking Ash dies... And then all the Pokemon circle around him and start crying, and their tears pool around his dead body and bring him back to life. Oh my! Like, yeah, <laughs> totally. Are you serious. sure he died or did he just faint? Yeah, probably he fainted, just yes. fainted. Because no one dies in Pokemon. <laughs> so when you came back to play poker, did you just say, "I took a Kangaskhan"? Look yeah. what I found in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. oh, that's but, funny. I know that when we left the last podcast, uh, Patrick went and tried to find UN Squadron at a place that was supposed to have it, and they didn't have it anymore. Nope. And uh, oh, Go ahead. Yeah, so I went to Play and Trade in Kirkland, which is a pretty reliable source for old stuff. I mean, if you go there, if they have old stuff, you can dig around, maybe find something you're looking for. But instead, uh, I bought an f- arcade fight stick. It was the Hori... Uh, the Fight Stick 3, like the one I yeah, over here? Yeah, the Fight Stick 3, made by Hori. Um, you slut. It's pretty... Uh, yes, that's the sound of it talking. <laughs> tried that stick out on uh, a bunch of fighting games, and it works really well for Blaze Blue and stuff like that, um, but I didn't like it when I was using it for Street Fighter and stuff like that. I don't know. Something made thing, making combos really, like, a little bit more difficult than it would on a controller. The thing for me reason. on the, those sticks, like, I like the... I like the feel of them and the buttons are really nice. The layout of the buttons are a little weird. Yeah. It makes you twist your hand a little bit. So I don't like using the the far too right buttons at all. Like if I can avoid them at all costs, I, I do. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So you weren't able to find UN Squadron. Uh, no. I know Micatron borrowed it from Christina. I borrowed it from Christina for a little bit. Um, I played it a little bit when I was here. So. And yeah, you played it a little before the show, but uh, why, don't you, why don't you tell us why you weren't able to play it at the end of the week? <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, Wednesday, it was a really nice day uh, out, and I was like, oh, man, I'm going to go uh, go uh, take out my longboard. Um, I remember your Facebook post said, I need to take an adventure, like yeah. on a bike or a I motorcycle like, I couldn't, I couldn't or, or on a skateboard. Yeah. yeah, and so I was like, man, i got to get outside and get some exercise or whatever. And I had this longboard that I got um, back in December that has just been like sitting there collecting dust, and I really didn't want it to be an art piece. So instead, I... Uh, uh, decided to actually write it, and um, and I wasn't used to longboarding. I'm used to regular skateboards, which don't go very fast. And so uh, went out through a couple of neighborhoods, went down this hill, and I was going a little bit too fast, and I noticed there was an intersection that I was about to go through. And I was like, oh, God, i got to slow down. And I put my foot down, and I slipped a little bit because I was going, I don't know, probably like 35, maybe even 40 miles an hour down this hill. And... <laughs> And I stepped off with my other foot, and I was like, oh, God, I'm going to fall. And so landed on my hand, landed on my elbow, and skidded about eight feet on my arm, and ended up having to limp back home, uh, and went to the ER, found out that... Because, yeah, you were telling me earlier that I, you still had your keys in your pocket, so your girlfriend couldn't come pick no, you up. No, I had my phone and everything, <laughs> and I was like, oh, maybe i just call somebody and then come pick me up, and then I realized I still had my keys in my pocket. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that wasn't going to happen. So I just walked, you know, what was it like? Probably like a dozen blocks back to my house. And, uh, I was like, I came in, washed myself up. And then it was like, ah, yeah, my arm feels funny. And so, yeah, I went to the ER, found out that I had actually broken it and that had pretty much, uh, disabled me from playing any games that require two hands (laughs) for a little while. I mean, I I tried playing UN Squadron with my other hand today and it didn't hurt because I'm on pain medication, but yeah. 
Um, uh, so narcotics. I know. It's very so nice. much fun. Yeah. So <laughs> instead nice. of playing Call of Duty and uh, you know fighting games and stuff like that, I've been playing games like Peggle and I finished Puzzle Quest Galactrix. There is nothing wrong with Peggle. I know. I love Peggle. It's I like love crack. That game. Yeah. I, I think I bought those games for moments specifically like these, where like if I was actually you know lost to extremity or something like that, that I could still play video games. <laughs> One button YY action. Yeah. You could always pick up Jaromancer or uh, Plants vs. Zombies, too. You could. definitely one-handed. You can definitely play the Wii yeah, Or like strategy games. I was going to try to play Worms, but I realized that, you know, using the ninja rope wasn't actually going to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the ninja it's, rope hard. It's going to make it a little bit more cumbersome than it already is. Ninja rope's terrible anyway. Uh, not if you master it. It can be pretty... Is Key. Worms old enough for us to do on the show? I don't know, and Can I hope it is. Can we find an old... Like, did it ever come out on the 16-bit system? It's been out for it came out on at 64. least yeah. 12 years. I mean, it's been out for a long time. So. It's an old PC game. I mean, yeah. I don't yeah. know why we wouldn't be able to do Maybe that. we can... I wonder if we could get the old PC version and get it to run. Yeah. That would be rough, but get I think we could a... do it. That would be... <clears throat> but it did at least come out for the 64. Cool. With, with that respect, we should do the original Duke Nukem or something like that. <laughs> if we're going to do, if we're going to go into those, we, we actually got Snicker, uh, Snicker, the new guy to our forums, actually asked that question on our forums about whether or not we were going to go into some old PC games. And he, he's Wolfenstein. Been, yeah, he talked <laughs> about um, yeah. sixty Commodore sixty four and Atari ST, which would actually be harder um, because those are like. And I, I responded on the Sundog. forums, but I said... <laughs> most of them don't work. Well, most of them don't work, and most of them are... Like, it's it's a matter of access, right? Like, we don't all have access to an, Commodore, an original Commodore 64. Um, nope. So being able to actually get the get together and do those games would be difficult, uh, unless we can find a way that they've been re-released, which is nigh impossible. Like, but, but you can find things like Pitfall and Prince of Persia. Yeah. Those were put that out were... on NES or like uh, one of my favorite Atari ST games growing up was always a game called Nebulous, which is I've also uh, Tower it. Toppler or uh, Castellian on the mm. NES. Oh, right. So okay. it's all the same thing. But Aztec Challenge. <laughs> so I suppose the answer games. is we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what we can do. Christina, you, you wanted to talk about the whole the air raid cart, right? Yeah, it's... Collector's Corner with Christina. (laughs) It's really interesting. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard about this, but there's a uh, copy of Air Raid for the 2600 that went up for sale a couple weeks ago. And Air Raid's really, really... uh, It's probably the rarest 2600 game. And generally... What is the game itself? like? (laughs) That's kind of the trick, right? Like, no one really knows a whole lot about it. There's only been about 13 to 14 copies that have ever been found of this game. And no one knows what. It, no one even knew if the name was Air Raid for a long time because there's no name on the label. And it's basically they've uh, taken some of the actual code from a game called Space Jockey and put it in there. So it's almost like it's a pirate, but no one's quite sure. <laughs> and uh, so it went up for sale, and it came with a box, and no one's ever seen the box before. It's the first known instance of this box, and it sold for thirty-one thousand six hundred dollars. <laughs> oh, sorry. How do they know any of this is real? There's the controversy. No one's quite sure. Um, The guy who runs Atari Age, uh, the big website on on, uh, Atari-related stuff, went over and actually looked at the box, and he's verified it. So, uh, some people trust him, some people don't. But since it's the first known box ever, no one's quite sure. Dimensions wise, he verified all that stuff. He looked at it. Uh, this one actually still has the price ticker, uh, price sticker 
from a Tuesday morning, which is odd as well. So, a craft store. Well, Tuesday or? morning just kind of is like a big lots. It gets oh. pretty much whatever. Okay. So the, the huh. thing that immediately struck me about that was, I've been looking at some designers recently that are doing knockoff covers of Atari, uh, uh, knockoff boxes mm-hmm. of Atari games, and they are dead genuine looking down to the where on the box this i think two designers that i'm thinking of uh penny designs is the one that springs to my mind immediately he does redone atari covers with like he did one for lost he did mm-hmm. one for avatar they're they're awesome yeah i've seen those see yeah so probably it would be easy to fabricate uh you just basically comes down to the fact of do you trust the guy who authenticated it? Because there's no real uh, independent source that you can go through for video game collecting. Yeah. And there's no real way to verify it because it's not like the industry had a whole lot of like standardization at the time. Certainly you know? not in the 2600 so, days. Yeah. So it's not like you can just look at it and be like, oh, yes, this is the machine it was made on. And these markings mean that it's that it's authentic. So... Yeah, there's been a lot of talk of some people say that regardless of whether or not it is authentic, it is authentic because people believe it is. Fair enough. So because it's been widely accepted to be the box for this game now, then even if someone comes up with another box, even if it's the real box, you know, it won't be accepted as the real box. That's hilarious. So it's kind of like the truth is what you make of it, right? Someone will bring it a box soon and try to sell it. Yeah. I mean, if you could fabricate a box for $31,000, would you? Yeah. Probably. I'm just surprised. Like, be a design, For me, it would be a design challenge, right? To make a, a, an authentic-looking box that's Atari-related. Because mm-hmm. I have all the fonts, and <laughs> I know exactly what the boxes look like. So go for it. It's just kind of weird that games that have just this weird, obscure and um, lore behind it, and the fact that it is so rare, like, no one actually goes and considers, like, the quality of the game itself, like, no. why do like, people care it's about not a this very game? Good like, game. like Stadium Advance, it's, it's just it's world class track meet. It's world class track meet with a different title. The only fact that people want it is because it's rare, just because mm-hmm. they they want that that it's the, object. It's, it's their unicorn. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Is that the term? And then like Air Raid, like it's probably not even a very good Atari game. You know, no, You've it's just unique provided, in a lot of ways, though. You have so. just provided yourself with the explanation why people play Pokemon because <laughs> Mew exists. Oh, and really? people will spend hours and hours. I mean, Mew, I guess Mew is a bad example because that one you have to get through special means. But there are special Pokemon that yeah. you spend, you know, you might not spend $31,000, but God damn it, you'll spend 86 hours trying to do it. And, yeah. you know. I want a shiny whatever Pokemon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's so. just in real life, that's what collectors do. <laughs> I guess yeah, so. That's, so. That's kind of what I do. So yeah. I mean, you could you could relate it the same way as in a baseball, for example. The, you know, mm-hmm. World Series baseball or so and so's home run ball. I mean, in the end, it's just a baseball, and someone yeah. hit it really hard. That's true, but th- that still has like a, an event behind it. But if you like take it out of its games, case, it's, like, it's yeah. still just a baseball. Yeah, that's true. Well, each story, though, I mean, each video game that's rare has a story around it. So there's yeah. your event. I mean, Air Raid is rare because no one knows what it is. It's a blue cartridge. It has a T-handle, and its T-handle is different than any other T-handle game. Hmm. So it's a unique cartridge design. What um, exactly is a T-handle? It's basically the cartridge. It's just actually a T that comes out at the end. It's Off just the, the top the of the cartridge. It's like one of those, it's a handle that you can, so you can grab it and put oh, it in. Oh, I get it, the, yeah. 
console. Weird. Okay. So it's it's just it's a strange looking cartridge, um, and it's been listed as one of the holy grails for video game collecting. And then so when that one when it comes up, usually it sells for a couple thousand. But when this one came up with a box, it just sent the entire frenzy, like collecting community, into a total frenzy. Because this this immediately after that stadium events is just crazy. Like games that we'd previously thought, you know, were either completely destroyed or you know no one knew what was going on with them are now coming out. Can you imagine the the person that actually bought it for thirty one thousand? Did it go on eBay? Is yes. that what? It, so the person who was who was sniping the auction because you know that's what was going on. Oh like yeah, when somebody sniped the auction for thirty one thousand dollars. Um, can you imagine the buyer's remorse of that person? Like, cause you know, damn well, I mean, some people are going to be like, Oh my God, I just got a copy with a box. But then the controversy starts and people are like, huh, no. I wonder if this box is real. There's, there's gotta be, that person has to have some buyer's remorse in there. Like did, what the fuck did I just spend, uh, you know, Alexis on? I don't think so <laughs> though, because actually when you say sniping, it's interesting. Cause one of the other interesting parts about this auction is it went from 14,000 to 31,000. In the last minute of the auction. Uh, yeah. Because it was two guys bidding at the same time, one bid and the other bid slightly higher, and it bumped it right up to the top. Uh, so that's where it ended up. And the guy who actually won it is a huge Atari collector who, from what I've heard, wants to create a museum. That would be cool. So he wants to cre- have all these one-of-a-kind items. So in that case, he actually probably doesn't feel bad about it. Yeah, maybe. Because yeah. his goal was to have it Because if his museum actually cost. succeeds, then he'll make that $31,000 back pretty fast. Yeah, but I'm not entirely sure it's all about money, though. I mean, you That's know. That's fair, but, I mean, the world kind of revolves around money. And even, even when you're really going after something, the, uh, you know, the buyer's remorse can set in at least for a little bit. Yeah. It has for convinced. me. I mean, hell, I've wanted one of those Neo Geo machines for years, and I had a little bit of buyer's remorse on my drive home after picking it up. You know, it, it just always it always happens when you spend a lot of money. But- Shit, look at me. I have buyer's remorse when I buy food. <laughs> <laughs> Did I really want this loaf of bread? It's just gonna go bad. You know, I, <laughs> I seriously, do I want to buy this expensive bread or do I want to buy the shitty bread with sugar in it? Mm. <laughs> you know, uh, but the thing about these objects is you got to think like another 20 years from now, like, because, you know, these these things will now have breached, you know, more than one generation for people that, you know, are, you know, born after like the first couple of waves of uh, video game generations, like they they would want to see that kind of thing. I think, and to see that would be kind of special for them because it's interesting. It's like looking we'll, at a classic book, though. Yeah, it's really interesting to see a book that's from the 1800s. Well, I was comparing this to, for example, art collection, right? Yeah, but a game mm. like that is not something that is beautiful. For it example, is. You think it, is it is beautiful. It's beautiful. It's beautiful in its rarity. Yeah, and its I obscurity. Suppose. But with things like that, they are shared no matter what. Um, when you have something that it at least from my perspective in the art community, something like that. Uh, I knew someone who bought a really, really famous collection of photographic prints and he has, he has to wait 20 years to get them because they're going to go on exhibition for that long. And he's not getting I, exhibition fees for doing that though. He might, like, he might. So, okay. He might, who knows? But you know, essentially when you, when you do something like that, it's able to be photographed. It, it's spread out. All of these things are able to be shared at at the least, so it builds upon itself. So it, it extends the the it extends the 
the lore behind it, for example. So if someone could come and see, you know, stadium events and be like, oh, now that's what it looks like. And, you know, I can actually there's there's something about actually physically being able to see it, which is why I like the idea that the person who bought this game is going to have a museum. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so that that will, you know, in 20 years, it'll extend the value of that to other people. Mm-hmm. At least people can idolize it in some way well i yeah. think that a lot of collecting is a museum type situation right like on a smaller scale um not in large museums that most people go and see but for instance the games that i collect i like to have around because then when people come over to my house yeah a lot of big collectors do it uh similar to a museum style but for smaller for smaller groups mm-hmm. yeah that's why i do it because yep. there's something awesome about someone coming in and being like oh my gosh i remember this game or i had no idea this existed let's let's play it do you think that uh, there'll actually be video game museums out there in like the next twenty years? I'd hope surprised. so. That'd be I really mean, cool. either that or large museums will have parts dedicated to it. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's already a chunk of the Smithsonian dedicated to video games. So, really? Yeah, absolutely. Wow. I mean, mm-hmm. because the stuff it's it's part of our culture, and it's a huge part of our culture. Mm-hmm. Um, so, just like any other kind, and it, it's one. Of, it brings brings you back to the argument of of video games as an art form, right? Mm-hmm. Like. It, to some degree, every video game, somebody put their heart and soul into it. You know, I mean, there's shovelware out there that doesn't really count, but somebody built it f- to entertain people. How do you um, preserve something like this? Um, a game like that, do you, how do you, I think, I mean, that, it's, it's going to fail. Uh, I mean, if it hasn't already. Here's the thing is, I don't think that they, I don't think in those particular instances you worry so much about preserving the playability or, or rather in, how do I put it? You're not. You have the original cart and you have it on display, but you're not necessarily plugging that cart in and letting it, letting someone play it on its original system. Because the code is something that's not, that's never going to die. The code is something that's, you know, the code for every single video game that has ever been made pretty much exists somewhere in the internet or on a server or on a computer and can be emulated. And that, like, the the cart itself holds that mystique because of the physicality of it like christina said there's only 13 of them in existence you know it's the same thing as like a ferrari enzo right you know there's only so many in existence and when you see one you're like holy crap you might not be allowed to drive it but it's still cool to see mm-hmm. um and if you really really want to play the game which like you know air race probably a fucking terrible game but you know if you really want to play it you can probably find a way to play it um without having to have the cart on hand to be able to do so you know yeah I don't in which know. case you're like, why the hell is it worth so much money? <laughs> <laughs> kind of. I mean, the majority of Atari games are probably like that. Yeah. I yep. mean, people like a lot of those games because they're terrible. For example, E.T. I don't get, uh, you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't, uh, um, I don't ever get to drive one, but I still get a little, uh, it brings a smile to my face and makes me a little bit happy whenever I see the guy around here that owns the DeLorean driving around in it, you know? Yes. It's like, just being able to be like, holy fuck, that's a DeLorean driving down the street. That's awesome. Or, you know, seeing him pull up to a store and, like, watch that gullwing door open. And it's it, like... Guy just, actually drives that thing around? Yeah, yeah. And oh, hasn't yeah. exploded yet? No, no. They were pretty, they were pretty decent cars. They weren't, Stainless like, steel car. <laughs> uh, they, they, didn't, they didn't really fail all that much, but then again, there weren't that many out there for them to, to find a failure rate for so rad i don't know i think it's fascinating there's just more of the stories coming out every day and i'm following along just you know pulling out the popcorn watching where (laughs) it's going it's great
UN Squadron. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We, we all finally got a chance to play. Uh, Patrick got to play in a weird kind of gimped way. Yep. Uh, but I wasn't even sure if I play. could play, but... Did better than uh, did better than I thought you would because you did <laughs> did better than me. Fuck, had, you did better than I did the first time. Had to you be careful. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. You said earlier your arm is busted right in the spot where all your finger ligaments attach. Yeah, so, it's so like, I can't really pinch too hard, so that means pushing <laughs> buttons can sometimes hurt if I press too hard. So Le- you can live through the pain. Yeah. So um, what do we? first do we're, we're the first thing is. that we do is describe what it is the the uh, it's a side-scrolling shooter in the vein of gradius r-type all of those types of games uh came out in japan as area 88 in the arcades uh got translated to u.s capcom brought it to the u.s arcade system as a, on the cps1 boards um and then it got it was near if not if not a snes launch game it was like as they phrase it now, in the launch window, because it was real early, like super early on the SNES. Um, the SNES version is actually significantly different from the arcade version. Significantly easier. Uh, maybe. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's the case, but I know that like the arcade version is much more linear. Um, it is. It's just you know, it's ten levels and it's level, level, level. Yeah. Uh, each pilot is restricted to a single plane uh, in the um, in the arcade version. So you pick a pilot, you get a plane and their special abilities and a, a selection of special weapons that you can purchase. Whereas in the Super NES version, you can get um, you pick a pilot and then you can buy planes. You you all start with the same plane and then you can buy planes by earning money through the game. Um, so, uh, but yeah, it's it's a side-scrolling shooter with some with some interesting elements. Why don't you talk about it, Microtron? Because this is this was your baby. Yeah, for, this, for is, this, this so. is definitely my baby. Uh, I like it because one, I was mentioning last week that it's pretty much Capcom's golden era. I think in gaming, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this is right around well, right around the time when they started making Mega Man X. Um, the music, Super Ghouls and Ghosts, was around that time as well. Um, Similar music, uh, similar graphic style. It's all good. It's all. F- um, it it looks great uh, for me. I like the characterizations of each of the the characters in the game. Um, I do too, actually. Yeah, music's great. Uh, yeah, that anime. That's the anime style in the yeah. game is is yeah. cool. And it, I I didn't. It is after an anime, correct? Yes. Yeah. The, the Area Eighty Eight was an anime, and in, in the. I guess it had to have been in the late '80s. Um, I don't. I know nothing about it other than every single piece of information I looked up about this game said based on the anime Area '88. So, yeah. um, so it's it's interesting to see um, how you guys reacted to it because <laughs> I love the game. Uh, there's no amount of anything that could break it. I, this, it could be entirely fueled by nostalgia. Uh, I like the fact that it's very difficult. So it's you're not going to pull a, a no, secret, no, no. secret manner on this one? No. no. No, it's not a... It's not very difficult. It's fucking bejesus hard. Really? Oh my I, god. I don't even hard. think it's that hard. I put it on easy and it was still fucking hard. That's good. And yeah. shooter. It, yeah, it seemed, shooters should be that way. It seemed pretty short. like standard for that time period of being that difficult. I mean, look I at know. Super R-Type. Yeah, super. Sure. Super R type will shoot shit out of the screen at you and blow your <laughs> eyeballs out. At least you could get hit. That one's way and hard. Keep going. Yes. You know, yeah. that a I, life bar instead of just yeah. one hit, you're dead. Try again. That's actually one of the features I really liked about this game was the fact that you get hit once and then you you've got about a depending on your character between a five and ten second window where you can't get hit again. 
but once you let it recharge, your shields recharge. And like, yeah. it, it, in some people might say that makes it easier, but in my opinion, it just makes it more fun because you can actually, you actually have, you don't just blow up when you get hit. I think it makes so. it slightly playable, actually. <laughs> yeah, if you just blow blow up, it would uh, it would be almost impossible to play the game. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, when you when you get to the point when you get hit, you know, it's whoop whoop whoop, and you're you're all flashing and stuff, and your characters all gritting his teeth and shit. You you tend to freak out like, oh my gosh, and then you yeah. blow up and you. Pew! And there's that. I love the sound effects in the game as well. Um, there's some. There's actually some duplicate sounds from uh, Super Girls and Ghosts that are duplicated in UN Squadron. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Some of the missile sounds are actually duplicated from from Super Girls and Ghosts. I noticed uh, huh. the 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 sound when you uh, use a bomb. The the standard bombs uh, special mm-hmm. weapon is duplicated from uh, Super Girls and Ghosts. There's a a specific hmm. sound that's not really surprising I, no. I mean it would make sense that Capcom would reuse assets uh, especially sound assets across multiple games uh, you know at the time they <laughs> fucking companies do it still yeah you know, yeah so. I mean it, it's it's standard a lot of that stuff is even companies now just buy it from you know the yeah. sound box or whatever yeah it is. that's why like every door opening in a movie now sounds the same <laughs> yep 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 because yep, yep. they just buy it from a, yeah they they're buy all the opening from a the same place. door yep same door uh or same something like um you know same chickens played in super high speed to make the mice sound in indiana jones <laughs> uh <laughs> and um i don't know the, the difficulty didn't bother me that much because i'm crazy uh and you've probably played it a bunch. I've played it more a bunch. than like games back in the day like that. You'd have to play through it a bunch of times and lose in every possible scenario that you could lose. Like you, like you already knew where all the the power ups were, and you already yeah. and you just eventually find them. They're not yeah. super secret, and you figure out which spot you need to be in when, and you know what the waves of enemies are going to look like. Yep. So you kind of have a better idea of what's coming. Yeah. So Luke mentioned that when I was playing, he said, "Played like a man who knows all the patterns." <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's uh, true. And that that's kind of what uh, what a lot of these shooters are, right? It's memorizing patterns. Um, yeah. Because um, the there were very few, few shooters back from that era that weren't pattern based. That you know, because if they were just random, um, there would be a little. I think there would be. They would be. They would have to dumb down the difficulty a little bit to make up for the random aspect because the patterns are fucking difficult patterns. Um, and there's, this game actually has a little bit more randomness in it than some that I've seen because yeah. when the enemies fire, actually fire weapons at you, they don't always fire them at the same point, yep. which in other games I know that they do, right? The pattern is the weapon fires part of the pattern, but not in this game. Yeah. When you look so. at, when you look at current games, like uh, bullet hell shooter games, yeah. it's all pattern. It's always, almost always, always, always the same. And they have, you know, specific patterns that you need to learn. Mm-hmm. And it's always like that. Um, also, the hitbox in this game—it's very large compared to modern day shooters. Yeah, yeah. Um, your your whole jet is fair game. <laughs> it took him a little while to figure out that actually making your hitbox in- incredibly small is actually more exciting because you're like, oh my god, the bullets are right there, and you're like actually grazing through the bullets. I think that's more fun when your when your hitbox is really tiny. There were some points where yeah. the bullet was almost touching the jet when yeah. I was when I was playing UN Squadron, and it's I I, I prefer that too. I yeah. mean, it's it's a difference between American and Japanese shooters sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, even though this was obviously very Japanese, yeah, yeah, as a game um, difficulty wise as well. It was hard. It was hard. I will agree. What was so hard about it? I suck. I'm you terrible. Suck. 
So, like, how specifically do you suck? I mean, I'm not trying to draw this out of you and be like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, we are, because we actually wanted to talk for this show. (laughs) Uh, That's true. (laughs) I pretty much stink at shooters anyway. All of them. I I don't like the genre as a whole. Uh, I've never really liked it. And for this particular game, it had a lot of things that were cool for it. I like the music. I like the characterizations. Um, The first level was fine, and the second level was not. So <laughs> it's like you got sharked, right? It's, it's like it's like you're you're playing pool or poker or something. And I would, I'm so just really bad easy, at it. Here yeah. you go. And then second level is like, oh, but <laughs> maybe I'm really showing it off here. But I, I really didn't think that the first level was all that easy, but it was manageable for me. Yeah, I was able to get through it. Um, And I wasn't playing it on easy difficulty either. Uh, I was just playing on whatever the default was. Normal. Yeah. And uh, so I played it and got to the second level, and I got to, or at least where the, the planes are coming in, um, where they're attacking the base, that one. Mm-hmm. And uh, Which level was it? Was it So there's there's the three choices. So you have one that's a desert, one that's a forest, one that's over water. Then you also you have the which... squadron that's flying. I think it was the squadron. The flying squadron. Okay, yeah. The yeah. one that comes and attacks your base, and yes. they're like okay. freaking out. And they're, oh, my God. The which in the arcade version is just the second level. Like, it's that's just, just the second level, yeah. Really yeah. You... Did you get to choose where you wanted to go in the second in the in the in, arcade version? Not in the arcade. It was version. all linear. Yep, it's all oh. straight up linear. It went. Um, I might be getting this wrong, but um, so in the Super NES version, there's it's almost like a strategy element, like a, a light strategy element where um, you can kind of pick which bases you're gonna do. And uh, so in the arcade version, it went the same. The first level is always the same, and then the second level was the Air Force that ends with the the stealth bomber. And then it, I think it went uh, the forest level, uh, the desert level, the water level. Then, that's the level. That's the path that I always take. Yeah, and then I think the submarine level was after that, hmm. and then the second um, air level uh, was after that, and then the uh, the cave, the flying through the cave. Uh, but I don't know. I, I'm I'm I might be wrong, and anybody that's played the arcade version would be able to to correct me. Um, but um, yeah, it, it was it was interesting being able to kind of choose my path and find find out that very much like Mega Man, there is definitely a path that makes the game easier, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's definitely. certain certain levels are easier with certain weapons, and they allow you to get more power ups that make some of the other levels easier as well. So that path, I think, I think the path that you chose and the one that might be in the arcade game is would be the standard path because you're getting the right weapons to be able to compete in the later levels for me it had mostly most to do with just leveling up the weapon yeah um in order to beat the uh uh the the water stage that's not the submarine um, I'm trying yeah, to yeah. think. Of, I'm trying to think. It's just Minx, the, base. the the battleship Minx. The, car- uh, there, the gotta, carrier. The carrier one. Yeah. The, the, yeah. The, not the desert carrier because that's an air, there's an aircraft carrier in that one too. Um, it's the battleship. So you go to the battleship. <laughs> the aircraft carrier in the middle of the desert. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's an aircraft carrier in the middle of the desert. Um, <laughs> which is awesome. It's basically it's a mobile airport. Then. Right? Yes. Okay. Big tank tracks. Ridiculous. Uh, you have to have your your weapon leveled up to probably five in order to get through the battle cannons because those things take um, when they hit you they do more damage than normal. Um, That's one of the things that I noticed about this game that the I, so I'm used to fighters like Gradius or fighters uh, shooters like Gradius where 
as you level up your weapon, you get there's more variety, right? The, to your base weapon, you you get things like well, with with some of the Gradius games, I know that you could you you picked your path, right? You could pick a, a path of weapon upgrades that. Um, would be different, you know. Once you got certain to to a certain level, you'd get different things, you different options, different missiles, different stuff. This game, like you level up, you get to buy your weapon, your special weapons, but your basic Vulcan cannon. There's very little differentiation in this other than power, and even that is hard to really perceive. Right, the difference in power between the basic Vulcan cannon and a leveled up Vulcan cannon is pretty minimal. I think it's pretty big. Really? Yeah. Well, you're also more experienced with the game than yeah. any of us. I'm crazy, remember? <laughs> crazy, crazy! Ah! Yeah, I think that's the thing. I, I don't really have a lot that I you know, feel like I can talk about because I stank really bad and didn't get far into it. So Do you not just... Do you not like the Twitch aspect of it, the the reflex aspect, or just the fact that it's hard and you don't like hard games? I'm not entirely sure. Honestly, there are certain hard games that I really enjoy. Um but there are certain types that just frustrate me immediately and will forever leave a bad taste in my mouth. And that's kind of what UN Squadron... Like, I popped UN Squadron in uh, maybe eight months ago, six months ago, and tried to play it, and I was like, oh, my God, oh, this is terrible. Oh, put it back on the shelf. No more. Wow. (laughs) Just because I got so angry immediately that... But you can you can appreciate the good idea of it. Because it's like a strategy shooter, which hasn't really been done since that I can think yeah. of like I've it's kind of a unique blending of genres that I wish like you know they'd actually do again sometime yeah. that would be cool I mean it's I can almost like always yeah, yeah I can almost always appreciate a game for what it is mm-hmm. but my personal feelings oh yeah are often negative <laughs> I think the only other shooter like this was uh Darius where you kind of had the the alphabet pyramid where you start on level A and then you get to choose from level B or C and then it branches off from there and then there's like six different endings or something like that. Darius Gaiden is, is another one of my favorite Hell favorite yeah. shooters. Um, giant robot fish from outer space. Yeah, Fuck seriously. Yeah. I, don't Fuck think I've yeah. ever, I don't think I've ever played Darius Gaiden. That is one of the close to launch games as well. Um, pretty early on in Super Nintendo. I, I rented it and never actually owned it. Uh, spectacular game. Is it Darius um, Twin as Darius well? Twin. Darius Twin, Darius Gaiden. Uh, which which one did I play the most? And Darius Twin. And there was G Darius on uh, Saturday, I think. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah. Those are all good. I don't all know. Just all shooters good. in general for me, it's just not my, my game type. I like him because spaceships and jets are fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm a little kid at heart. Give me lasers or nothing. It's really hard for me to to pan a shooter, right? I can't like Secret of Mana. I could pan because there was there's just so maybe I can't because pan you it because don't there's like not, candy. There's not sure. a lot and to fairies. it. I was about to say maybe I can't pan it because there's not really much to it, right? There's not there's not a lot of features for me to be like, well, this is a poor design choice or that's a great design choice. I mean, I thought that the the ability to select your level, the ability to select which uh, level you choose to go after is is an awesome design choice for a shooter. Um, but I can't I can't be it's hard for me to be angry at a shooter either because because of the fact that I know intellectually that it is just pattern memorization and I could find I could feel myself figuring that out as I played it as well, right? A lot of games By the are time like I that got, though. You learn how to fair, play it. 
Right. Yeah, but there's more Regardless to them. Of like I've the always game. felt that shooters are, are very, um, well, very fun and, and deep in the whole pattern mem- uh, memorization. There's just not much there, right? Like you have a shooter, you have whatever your ship is, weapon of some sort that shoots usually straight. Sometimes they'll go back, but generally straight. And you just move up and down mm-hmm. and avoid. Avoid, and yep. Shoot. Yep. Or you're based. pointed up at the top of the screen and moving like, you know, like yeah. 1942. Right. right. See, have, here's the thing that I, that I wish the Super NES version of this game had is, is multiplayer. Because shooters, to me, are always infinitely more fun multiplayer. I love playing um, like R-Type two-player, uh, you know, in games like, like arcade games like 1942 or 43 or 45 Strikers. Like all of those games are more fun multiplayer. Or Arrow Fighters. Or Arrow Fighters, yeah. yeah. Um, which is why I love like pl- playing Arrow Fighters on the MVS multiplayer. That's spectacular. And I'm pretty sure, and I, I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure the arcade version of this game had multiplayer. Because I don't know of an arcade box in the many arcade boxes in the late 80s, early 90s that wasn't at least two-player uh, on purpose, right? Because... That's what drew people into arcades. And it, you have the ability to make twice as much money. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I, I don't know. I just... The game is fun. Like, I, I had a lot of fun with it. I got my ass handed to me by it. Um, There's but so I, much character to it. There is. I'm not a fan... Honestly, I'm not a fan of the... The graphical style in anything except the actual levels is awesome. Like, I like the character designs. I like the... Um, the lead-in screens, like your little shop screen and the map screen with the dude with the X scar on his forehead in the corner, like, talking to you. Like, all of those screens are awesome. The actual gameplay screens are kind of bland to me um, until you get to the... Some of the main bosses are kind of cool, but... Bosses are really cool. Yeah, the des- but the design of, like, just the levels just kind of bland. Really? I, like, think, I think that's, though, because they're not really meant to be looked at. How much time do you have to look at the background of the levels? I mean, you're they're meant to be gone through as a path to get to the end. Yeah. And then at the boss fight, you you have a little more put into it because you're staying on that screen for a while because yeah. you're not going to be able to just either run past it or kill it in like seconds. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it just is sort of functional. That's one of the things yeah, I like about possible. the game. The the bosses they're pretty epic. Yeah, the bosses are pretty cool and they're absurd. You know, the, the one that submarine you... comes out of the, the water and tries to shoot you. Sure, yeah. <laughs> the one that you like, uh, the end of the forest stage where it's the base and yeah. it's got all the different turret things that you have to blow up. And if you don't get them on the first pass, your ship turns around and you fly. Yeah. Back. I hate that boss. <laughs> you love it. I. Oh my god! When I found out, like I'm. N- Flying the first time I did that one, uh, I apparently had not leveled up my Vulcan cannon enough. So I'm it's flying really through, difficult. and I'm not destroying anything. And I'm like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? And then I get to the end of the level, and it tur- my ship turns around, and I'm like, oh, God. And That's I just I knew, I knew exactly what it was going to be at that point, where I'm just going to be going back and forth, back and forth. Game's like, you want guy. some more? <laughs> I'll give you some more. Here's the base. Yeah. I mean, I think in really order to pan a shooter like this, you have to find bad shooters, right? There's got to be some out there. They have to exist, right? I mean... Like, just awful. Christina's sitting here going, like, like, I don't understand what you're talking about. They're all bad. I don't... Yeah, I I think it's a personal (laughs) preference thing, right? Like, I I don't have the absolute hatred 
that, you know, I've often put forward for this particular game, but I'm sort of meh on the whole thing. I'm like, eh, shooters, yeah, that's great, awesome, let's let's move on. Like, I, I would rather, you know, beat stuff up hand-to-hand instead of... Mm-hmm. Same amount of memorization, though. You play Double Dragon, Final Fight. Not really, though. No, there's a little bit of randomness in there, because, yeah. like... They don't always move in the. They might come on this on like Double Dragon's a good example. If they might come on screen in the same place, but they change their movements depending on the conditions of the fight, uh, which doesn't happen in shooters usually. I think the problem for me, at least in shooters, and I mentioned this earlier, is I just I'm predisposed to not like them, and then I don't memorize patterns very well. I tend to be kind of cruddy at that. So as a result, I play every game reactionary. Like every game I play, I'm reacting always. I'm trying to think of know, a really game, bad shooter. So, yeah, Other than Galaxian. Because Galaxian sucks. I think 1942 isn't that great. You can play my, uh, my arcade machine. Depends on which War version. S. Oh, yeah. It's uh, terrible. It bad. It's like a Galaxian knockoff. Xevious. Xevious is a terrible yes, shooter. Yes, yes. yes. Xevious is Why is that bad? bad? Uh, I'm, <laughs> the concept is just... It's, one, one, the graphics are... I don't like this the graphical style. This is the style. Commodore one, right? It's or NES, it's Commodore. It's been in, it's been in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, or Zaxxon. Zaxxon's pretty bad, too. A lot of people like Zaxxon. I, I, I'm not a fan of the isometric view on that I'm one. I'm nostalgia. No. I have nostalgia for Zaxxon. Uh, I know that it's a bad game. But I have a huge amount of nostalgia for it. Because there's, a, there's also another... There's a Neo Geo kind of spiritual successor to that one called Viewpoint. That's also... Uh, played viewpoint as well. I like I like them. They're fucking impossible. I'm terrible because the the Surprise. the the way that it's set up is almost impossible. But yeah, I think Xevious Xevious is probably one of my worst. I played Xevious because it was an unlockable on Star Fox Assault on the game on the GameCube. Um, oh, if you that's got all, right. Yeah, if you yeah. got all the flags and and gold medals, it would you could you'd unlock a copy of Xevious, and I. I would have to go back and play it because it's been years, but I just remember playing that game and thinking, because I, I, I like shooters. I, I'm, I'm not a shooter fanatic, but I like them, and that one just pissed me off, and I was oh, fuck this game. I can't believe this game is this bad. So, I don't know. Maybe I'll play it between now and the next show. Maybe we can maybe we can do one of the, the shorts we were uh, discussing uh, what? on Xevious. This uh, is a bad so. game. Da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> That's really short. Yeah, it's really short. This is a bad game. Done. I was. That's what I was thinking about this game. This game's good. All right, roll the credits. <laughs> um, we were all see. I think we filled this one pretty well. Everybody at the beginning of the show was like, "Oh God, I don't know what the fuck we're gonna talk about." Uh, for this just talk shit. about my my butt. <laughs> I, I think we can avoid talking about Gyrus. We already that talked was another to... really bad one. Oh, yeah. oh see now Gyrus, I like. I hate Gyrus. But that's another nostalgia one for me because I had that on my Commodore sixty four and I played the crap out of that game. Like Gaplus. Gaplus, yeah, that was a Gal, Gal- yeah. Galaxian it was like sequel. Hmm. It was. It was. What was the one before Galaga, Galaxian, Gaplus? Yeah. And I actually, I like some of the old style of, of Galaga and uh, Space Invaders and things like that. I I like them okay, uh-huh. temporarily. Uh, my joy of playing them is very short lived. So if I play it for ten minutes, I play it. And I'm like, this is awesome, and I can leave with that nice little nostalgia buzz. Yeah. But if I am forced to play it for longer than ten minutes, I will quickly just spiral down to where i am right now i still like galaga that's like one of my favorite shooters still. yeah even now like i can even play the original now and just, I, I love it um something about it even though just firing two bullets at a time 
yeah. you know, getting your ship stolen and then to getting it back, you know. See, I feel like those are almost iconic. Yeah. Like, they're just... They really are. They're, they're less about the game itself and more about the feeling you get when you play them because yeah. it, it brings back If it was ever put game. into a cocktail table, it's pretty much iconic, so... Yeah. <laughs> well, not all of them. <laughs> Fair. Uh, one of these days, I'll get one of those cocktail uh, Galaga games. In the future, if we decide to do shooters, are you always going to be this just like, I'm going to play it for five minutes and I'm going to put it down? Probably. That's the only way you're going to get any happiness out of me. <laughs> Uh, my my experience will be very short. Because seriously, feels though, so hollow. Because <laughs> the longer the longer I play, the more I'm just like, meh. I hate them all, and then I'm you know I'm done. Wow, I know. There's, interesting, there's right? So many games that involve memorization, though. You could say that about Mega Man. Super yeah. Girls and Ghosts is all about memorization. Those are different for me, and I can't explain They're it. Different? No, but it's just is you it don't like jets. You just keep you're moving, a, you're and no matter what, you like don't really be. have a, a chance to really just stop and recover and think about it. It might be you just because gotta I always tend be to, on on edge. Yeah, okay. I tend to to take a second to figure out what I'm going to do. Yeah. So, you know, that's I can, the best part about the game. Yeah, me. I don't like getting shoved into situations that I'm not ready for. Ah, so you want to be ready. Yeah. Or I mean, I might still not be ready. I might. I'm probably going to die very fast anyway. But I like preparing myself with that knowledge. So you don't like the the constant action, bam, bam, no. lasers, jets in your face, rockets. I don't know. I don't know. Like <laughs> I have I have no reflexes. They're dead. You have no reflex. Why do you play video games again? I don't know. It's a really rough one. Uh, you don't always need. Good that's why she likes point and click adventures. Yeah. I do point like point and click. That's why she likes heavy rain. Well, uh, so I like adventure games. No, I heavy do. rain oh, okay. has some has some reactionary you could say stuff. Counter Strike right? is a is a some. point and click adventure. You just point and click <laughs> on their face, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> you just uh. point and click on the guys, right? <laughs> I feel like I'm defending my favorite genres here. I'm like. Or rather, no, explaining just, why I don't. Uh, or mist, where you just click on everything and you're like, "Fuck, why is it not doing anything?" Mist the pixel search. <laughs> Here's what I'm trying to figure out: is is because I, when we do the show, we got to do stuff that people will actually try, right? I'll try. I mean, <laughs> okay, try for an ex- somewhat extended period of time. I'll because, try like, it expended period of time in ten minute increments. Because your that? your reactions to shooters are my reactions to RPGs. I don't like RPGs usually. Um, there are going to be very few that if we ever cover, I'm actually going to be able to spend a lot of time on. But like I I sunk fifteen grueling mind-numbing hours into fucking Secret of Mana, but... That's because you know, there's still nothing not over. there. <laughs> I, still maintain, not I still maintain that there's nothing really to shooters other than pattern memorization. Shooters are more fun to watch someone play than to listen to someone talk about playing. It's all about the reflexes. That might be true. It's, well, it's a skill. Like, it's a... It's all. It becomes a skill thing, right? Like, you actually... By the, when you, if you can blow through an entire shooter... After having spent the time to memorize it, you you actually feel accomplished to some feel degree. Awesome! Yeah. Like you're like, how on earth did I live through that? Yeah, <laughs> you know, I dodged all these bullets, I shot all this all this stuff down. Holy cow, I'm still alive! Yeah, yeah. You, and, just, you like, and Squadron is still like that for me. Like I blow through the for all the all the levels until I get to the, the cave level, and I can't. You guys saw me. Like, yeah. I, got, I I got close to it, could not beat it. Still can't beat it. Yeah. To this day, but I want to beat it. Damn it. Just, I have a cart now. One and day, I just sir. Want to beat it. That's what Kid Chameleon is for me, which we should do at some point. Yeah. 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 Have See, you all suffer through that shit? <laughs> that, is, that is a hard game, but I will keep playing suffer. that. Yeah. I played it a lot. I have been playing that for damn near twenty years now, and still have not beaten that game.
over the last week we discussed a couple of um, possible like additions to the show like how we're going to do stuff like Christina and I just discussed I don't know if you guys were in on it but we were discussing the concept of each of us coming up with our lists of games that we really 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 want to do um, or that we think should be on the show um, and then throwing them all into a hat drawing it and that would be the next show because then it's like a we you know we can also come to conclusions once we come up with our list we can come to conclusions of how we're going to actually acquire some of them because i know that some of them that we want to do like there's plenty that christina's going to want to do that the only way we're going to get them is to get the original systems um but what do you guys think of that like we come up with lists and at, then at the end, last segment of the show, little, very little decision will be made. We'll reach into the thing. We'll draw the next game. And like a drum roll. Oh, if anybody wants a game in particular, we can also throw it in the hat. Yeah, we can throw, yeah, throw fan suggestions into the hat. We can get, you know, we can kind of get some. Make an announcement. Actraiser is going into the hat. Yep. So. Get one of those raffle ticket uh, wheel thingies. You know, with a cage. Can we have the bingo thing? The balls. Get a guy with a, a top hat and you know the little ball blower thing. Lady in a swimsuit to bring it out. We need that. We need I want the, I want the cage. Plinko. Oh no. I want the sealed cage with the air jets that yeah. normally have money in them and you're standing in there trying to grab money out of the air. Instead we'll have little slips of paper with games on them. Yeah. <laughs> Takes twenty minutes. <laughs> get get one. Just take up your garage with however we're gonna choose the game yeah if anybody's listening and you have specific suggestions is for games anybody still I know, listening? is anybody still listening <laughs> uh, we've got a few uh suggestions we've gotten a few suggestions for a couple of handheld games and a couple other things so but um we want more so more. there were also more. yeah battle toads Oh, no battle toads. Is anybody going to be able to beat that third <laughs> level? Yeah, we should, no. I say no. We should also be able to veto certain things. Like, sorry, sir, or ma'am, or neither. Battletoads is out. I don't think Battletoads like, should be out. I no like Battletoads. It's great. Yeah. I just, uh, the pit kills me every time. Give me Ninja Turtles. This one. woman sitting right here just played fucking UN Squadron for you, sir. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, Battletoads. <laughs> it's my new card. I'm going to throw that down. I played your favorite game. Now you're going to play Wall Street Kid. Um, oh, speaking geez. of Zaxxon. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Speaking of Zaxxon from earlier, it came out on VC on Monday. Um, so if anybody actually wants to uh, endure the frustration of Zaxxon, go buy it. Because <laughs> I personally am going to suggest it. I'm going to say it's hilarious fun. Uh, I enjoy it. <laughs> I, I don't enjoy it because it's a good game. I enjoy it because I've got nostalgia for it. But you know what? Whatever. Go. It's, it's mystery science Theater 3000, the game. It kind of... You just sit and eat popcorn and make fun of it. Kind of, oh, yeah. so bad. I would only be able to make fun of the first screen. So <laughs> and then you just turn it off. Just crash Which into also, that first wall over yep. and over and over. I oh, that's it. how I go. Yeah, yeah. Somebody actually let me play recently, and I was like, oh, my God, dead, dead, dead. Zaxxon is also one of the games that uh, proved to me not to look at IGN anymore for release dates because that was the one future VC release date that we put in the show like four episodes ago because they said it was going to come out on uh, February, I think it was February 31st. There's no February 31st. February 28th, so I don't know. (laughs) They said it was going to come out a long time ago and it... it didn't. February thirty first. February thirty first. Nice. That's one. That's one hell of a leap year. Holy yeah, yeah, shit! Yeah. So, yeah. same one that broke my PlayStation and took away all of my trophies for Super Stardust. 
Oh, you remember God, that? Yes. Yeah. I luckily didn't turn my PlayStation Never forget. on. I luckily did not turn on my PlayStation through that uh, that particular ordeal, so I didn't lose any of my trophies or anything. But um, yeah, I heard of many a tale of other people losing their shit. So, I by the way wanted to tell you guys a story uh, from being at poker last night. Um, there are a few people at my poker group that actually listen to the show, and uh, there were two guys who were both like. The secret man of nuts. One of which was just like, yeah, I'm not sure I'm going to listen to that episode. The other guy uh, was like, I am not listening to that episode. You are out of your fucking mind. He was angry at me. Like, he was flat out angry. He was sitting at the table Square just like... Square fans, they're rabid. That's one of the best games ever made, and I am not going to listen to that show because I was... And I just, I just wanted to bring it up because uh, I don't think he's ever going to listen to that episode. Uh, which I like is that there's a grown man that's just so f- infuriated about this game, <laughs> like this, like well, cutesy pa- pastel flavored. It's always fun for me, for me anyway. I love listening to shows where people say shit that I don't agree with, right? Yeah. Because then, especially podcasts, it's happened a lot. I'll be sitting there listening to something, and somebody will say something that I just think is fucking retarded, and I start yelling at them. I start yelling at my iPod. I was like, "Fuck you! You're an idiot! I can't believe you think that! You're oh, no, you stupid!" This because it's, like... it's in the past, but. <laughs> That would be my suggestion, was listen to that show so that you can yell at the iPod, because I know I know that he was refraining from yelling at me, like, directly <laughs> last night. Uh, so I, I went to a, a magic event on Saturday, and the same kind of thing happened to me. Uh, really? Someone came up to me and said, you are the only sane person on that podcast, and then left. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. <Wow>. Yes. <laughs> I, I already know I'm insane, so that's fine. Like, <laughs> and you, you already exclaimed that you're insane at the beginning of this podcast so absolutely there's no sane people on this podcast <laughs> that shit insane we're all <laughs> you know what i glean from it. all of this people are listening to us people don't like good things Wait. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what i was gonna say oh uh, yes people so. listen so next week we're doing cave story we've already made this decision uh Luckily, Patrick played in a bunch of Cave Story before he broke his arm. So. I should be able to play it by next week. Okay. Hopefully. Awesome. We're It's going to be in two weeks uh, that we're going to do the next show. I, I never know dates, so what, today's the 18th, so we'll probably record that one on the 1st or the 2nd, depending on what day the Sounders game is that, that weekend. The uh, podcast revolves around soccer. Uh, well, at least has to be scheduled around soccer. Yep. So... Um, We'll record that one the first or second. It'll come out third or fourth, depending on how long it takes me to edit it. Um, and then the week after that, we're doing Streets of Rage trilogy. And Christina made the suggestion of for the podcast after Streets of Rage doing our first handheld game. Um, so over the next couple of podcasts, we'll discuss what handheld game we want to do and on what system. Um, can we see if we can get a Wonderswan game? That would be awesome. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't actually have a Wonder Swan myself. <laughs> I don't know anybody that actually has a Wonder Swan. Or maybe... We can play some Lynx games. Boy, that sounds impossible. Oh, Let's Lynx. do it. Lynx? Done. Oh, Neo Geo Pocket uh, Color? I don't know if my arm would be able to ho- hold the weight of that by then. <laughs> Please, it is not that heavy. How many D batteries does it have in it? Six. <laughs> six? I, I was totally throwing out something absurd, and it actually has six? It has oh six. Oh, my gosh. But they are triple A. They're not D. Oh, they're not <laughs> no. They're double A. It's, oh, double A. Sorry. It's not like a... An 80s boom box. They're, you know? they're yeah. awesome. Dude, there's so many good games on the Lynx. Don't knock it. It's great. One six, of my, six D One of my favorite awesome. adventure games is on the Lynx. 
called Dracula, The Undead. Oh, God, you showed me that game. That game it's is so not your good. favorite game because it's good? It's so, no, it's so good. It's the first one I ever played. Um, the only problem is that you can die and there are no saves. Small problem. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds horrible. Bit. You can make it to the end of the game and then Dracula pops out from around a corner and he's like, haha, you're dead. And then you start at the beginning. And you like it. And you're I do. About it. I do. Oh, I, love I love it. They had an afterburner on uh, Lynx, didn't they? Um, they had Blue Lightning. Maybe it was Mach 3 or something. Uh, my other favorite Lynx game would have to be Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> so I absolutely adore that game. Let's uh, let's wrap this thing up. Rate us on iTunes. I'm going to keep reminding people to rate us on iTunes. We still only have one review. We still only have six ratings. I'm pretty sure four of the six ratings are the four of us. Um, One of them has to be KH Mixer X (laughs) because he's the guy that wrote the review. And then somebody. So I don't know. I don't know who's, who did the ratings, but um, clearly there's more of you out there listening because we've encountered you in um, IRL. Uh, So, Oh, don't, don't. I know. Oh my goodness. I was waiting for one of you to say something about that. Um, follow us on Twitter at After the Fact Pod. I'm starting to post a little bit more. I'm going to try and convince the other three to, to post to the Twitter account every once in a while, too. The Facebook group is, is as usual, After the Fact Podcast. Post a lot of crap on the Facebook group, and these guys are starting to post a little bit more when, we, when we're in the middle of playing games. Um, the forums on www.geekerific.com. It's been a couple shows since I spelled it, so I'll go ahead and spell it G E E K E R I F I C. And you can email us at afterthefact at geekerific.com. It'll be two weeks and we'll do Cave Story. Does anybody else have anything to bring up before we take off? I love Mudkips. 